Hello, my name is Gary. And my name is Simon. And this is episode five of EV Musings, a podcast about electric vehicles and things that are interesting to electric vehicle owners. On our podcast today, we'll be talking about Fully Charged Live. This is a smaller bonus episode covering things we saw and liked in Silverstone when we visited the Fully Charged Live show. But first, I've got to tell you, Simon, I followed a Dutch dark red Model 3 for about eight miles going into Fully Charged Live. And I've got to say, I really don't like the look of the back of them. It's almost like they designed the front side with care and perfection and then they got to the back and went, yeah, that'll do. I never realised that when we saw that one at the Tesla showroom in Brent Cross, but having followed one quite closely and he was doing about 25 miles an hour through rural Northamptonshire, they're probably aerodynamic, but they're not that pretty from the back. I suppose my first question, would it would it change your opinion in buying one? Oh, no, not a Is chance, because I haven't never watched the back of them unless I'm following one, do I? <laughs> so, so, so it's not a deal breaker then, but not particularly great. And it's just one of those things that you're coming up behind, you think, oh, it's a Tesla, it's not in the... Uh, what? It's... Oh, okay. I must admit, I've, I've, I don't suppose I really took much attention to it when we was looking around, because um, obviously we were swooning over the very nice redness of the uh, of, of the Tesla and it being a Tesla in, in general. It's interesting, so... Uh, comparison to say the Model S, uh, Model S better. Oh, um, in terms of aesthetically the from the back, absolutely yes. Yeah. Um, mm. And I suppose it's as I say, it's an aerodynamic look, and it helps in the efficiency. But when you've sat staring at one for about fifteen minutes, as I was, <laughs> it's kind of yeah, they could have done a bit better on that. But by the by, I'll be careful about that. Looking at rear ends for that amount of time. Our feature topic today is the recent fully charged live show in Silverstone. For those that don't know or couldn't get there, Fully Charged Live is the country's first public, independent electric vehicle and renewable show, and it was held in Silverstone on June the 7th, 8th and 9th. Fully Charged is, uh, it started as a YouTube channel under the auspices of Robert Llewellyn. You may remember him as Crichton on Red Dwarf, or that bearded bloke who used to sit up high wearing flying goggles on Scrap Heap Challenge. <laughs> But he's taken a slightly more serious turn in the last few years and he's moved to renewables and electric vehicles, which makes him a prime candidate for a discussion here on the EV Musings podcast. Robert was an earlier adopter of a lot of EV and renewables tech. He had one of the first Nissan Leafs, a Tesla Powerwall, to match his solar panels. He's since gone on to have uh, Tesla vehicles and has, I believe, put down one of the first orders for a Model 3 to be delivered in the UK. But it's his commitment to renewables and climate overall that I find fascinating. He's an ardent opponent of Top Gear folks like Clarkson. <laughs> and he's very agnostic when it comes to renewables tech. Fully charged, have done articles on electric boats, electric trains, electric planes, batteries, wind turbines, car conversions, hot water tanks, heat exchangers, home chargers and cows. They also do road trip videos with cars to see what they're like in real life, as well as test prototypes and get sneak peeks of unreleased EV goodness. Uh, fun fact, the day I first realised electric cars existed and could be purchased was when I watched the Johnny Smith review on Fully Charged when he reviewed the e-Golf, which of course was a car he subsequently went on to purchase. But the the, the real reason we're, we're talking, uh, talking today is Robert Llewellyn and his team have for the second year running, put together a show in Silverstone, which was both entertaining and highly successful. Now, obviously, we're not going to go through everything that we saw at the show, but uh, mainly because the fully charged show channel has lots of details and 
video is releasing shortly after the show finished. Now, Simon, you and I, we both identified two separate specific things from the show that we wanted to have a uh, brief couple of minutes on. So over to you. Yeah, so so my first item, I mean, I, I kind of, um, for the, I could quite easily say for the two days, I've probably done about eight miles of walking uh, and pretty much saw everything that I could, I could see in that place. And what was caught my eye, and one of the things that we've discussed before, um, is uh, GridServe. I had the opportunity to speak to, they had a couple of people there. One guy was, I think, from, from the marketing team, and the other guy was head of retail. So he's head of retail for GridServe completely. So not only did he explain about the high quality of like the retail aspects and the, the food and everything else of the facility that they're going to have on these sites, but the whole thing. So he didn't just know the food side, he knew everything about the site. Which was great because usually you get these retail people and that's all they kind of are interested in selling your food and, and things like that. But for those that don't know GridSurf, they're a, a brand new company uh, that's been put together, backed by a multi-million pound deal, basically to change the way we think about charging. So these sites in relation to, let's say, a um, small petrol garage or something like that, these are more akin to the motorway services that you, you see but on a uh, on kind of a similar scale, but just all electric based. So these sites, talking to the chap, he was saying that they they're twenty plus three hundred and fifty kilowatt chargers in the main bay areas um, under the main kind of forecourt, with one hundred and fifty kilowatt chargers as a minimum on the outskirts of the forecourt. And what was interesting around that is that it's the facility they have at the end. Again, it's you know it's just a building with you know retail shops and, and various things like that. But the way he was explaining it, and this guy has worked in high street retail in top streets in London. You know, we're not talking Tesco's and things like that. We're talking Harrods and and those sort of places. Mm-hmm. So he's got they've got a best of breed guy that's that's running this. He was explaining to me that he is all about the customer service experience. He was saying like that the quality and the and the food and the prices are going to be high quality, but in relation to high street kind of prices so you're not going to hopefully not going to be ripped off for like coffees and and food there's going to be a uh, supermarket type there so you can do your shopping on the way home while you charge and the other thing was like a, almost like a conference facilities and things like that no so for people like me that kind of travel up and down the country and have to work wherever these sort of things are going to be ideal so you put your car on for 20 minutes half an hour go in there grab a coffee and log on to emails and and, and that sort of stuff the bit that were interested me he was, was all that and he's obviously focused on the customer service and customer experience but he also knew everything about the facility so along with all the charges and stuff this whole site is completely green so the the plan behind this is that complete solar panels across the canopies of the of the chargers they also collect rainwater in which is then recycled into the facility for flushing toilets and all that sort of uh, stuff and it's got a massive battery backup storage out the back of the facility as well so all the excess energy and stuff like that is stored up and put back in in the same way that people use these at home for uh, solar and, uh, and and battery backup so it's really interesting to find someone that a not just passionate about it but knew not just his little bit of it he he had the whole vision of what what they're going for uh, the first one is is due in march near essex from from what he was telling me and there's a, about 200 sites in the next five years they've actually got planning permission he was saying for near on a thousand it doesn't sound like they're stopping at just 200 across the sites was really exciting it wasn't just we're going to do 200 that's kind of all we're, we're planning for and that's it and he said oh well, where, do, where do you live and I, I mentioned where i live and he goes oh in i think next year we'll we're starting planning that already. We've got the planning permission 
for one between the two towns right next to where you live. These things are not going to just be sporadically all over the country. These are going to pop up places really close to you. So people like me that have to charge publicly, this is going to be just easy. I don't know about you, but I, I see this to be almost like the death of that age-old thing of the motorway services and a certain monopoly that's currently going on there. You know, these people are going to come in and almost shake that up, I think. i got to say I agree, and especially when I hear things like 200 sites in five years, planning permission for a 1,000 sites, 20 plus 350 kilowatt charges plus additional 150 kilowatt charges. If all that comes to fruition, then you know why would you bother going to a motorway services if you've got an electric car because yeah it's it's just going to replace that i looked a little bit about gridserve there were a couple of things that i found out which interests me there's a whole concept of how they're going to deal with the queues did you get to chat with him about that um i didn't talk to him about the queues i did talk to him about the charges themselves and um one of the the key things was i wanted to know whether they were theirs you know i.e that there were grid surf chargers and they're not they apparently they will uh, align themselves to what's the best possible charging infrastructure i think he said for essex it's going to be poland which was quite interesting that they weren't putting their own in they were going to partner with somebody to do that but they were saying that apparently it's going to be an app-based facility so it won't be rfid cars and things like that doesn't appear that it's going to be contactless payment although you know that could well change between now and when it actually goes live but he was saying there's going to be like almost a say like a points or a bonus scheme so you know if you if you come there constantly and you constantly have coffee then you get a free coffee after a certain amount you get a free charge after doing so many so it seems like they're trying to really incentivize you to come to these facilities but it was interesting that they um, didn't necessarily have their own charges and, and that's the kind of approach that they're going. That is interesting because I was, I don't know where I get the impression from, but I thought that they were definitely going to be supplying all of their own hardware, etc, hmm. etc. Et so it's possible that they may be linked in with the next item that I want to talk about, which is in Genie. But we'll come on to that in a second because... You mentioned the app that they're proposing on for GridServe, and one of the things that I believe that they're going to provide on that is the ability to be able to reserve a slot for providing a charge. So you might say, well, I'm going to be in this particular uh, GridServe location at half past four. I want to reserve a slot. It all happens through the the app. And, you know, how that actually works in practice, if they get, you know, a lot of people driving in at the same time, I'm not sure, but... I yeah. think the concept of being able to, you know, deal with the queuing efficiently and reserving specific charges, I think that's, it's the way forward, shall we say. It does sound very positive. I, I did mention the word icing to him and he, he did instantly kind of jump on that, which was nice. He was like, so I said, oh, you're going to, you're going to, you know, allow normal ice cars to come, to come into this facility. He goes, well, yeah, they, you know, they can have coffee and they can shop and all the rest of it. I said, but what are you going to do if, you know, it'd be like us driving into a petrol garage and sitting at the petrol pump for half an hour without doing anything. And he said, well, no, there'll, there'll be a time limit on those after which you will have to move your car to a non-charging bay and there are non-charging bays for those. I just hope it's kind of policed in some way. Being a big facility like that, you'd kind of hope there would be and being it very focused around EV chargers. I understand the first location is going to be Braintree in the northern part of Essex. Uh, not entirely sure why they chose that, but I'm sure they've got their uh, reasons for doing that. And yeah. I'm very, very excited. Sounds like a road trip to me. Oh, I think it's got to be done. 
My first item is Ingenie, who are a charge provider. At the moment, they've got a relatively small network of rapid chargers around the country, but they've got big plans for this year. The plan is for 100 new chargers, which will be twin chargers in 50 new locations, all installed and up and working before the end of the year, all with contactless payment and triple head chargers at each one, CHAdeMO, CCS and AC. They'll mostly be in places such as Marston's pubs, the Marston pub mm. change, because they've uh, struck a deal with them. Now, you and I have both used these chargers, and they're fabulous. No connection fee, contactless payment, good high-speed charging, and a fixed fee of about 36 pence per kilowatt hour, mostly. Although they do have a couple of legacy ABB ones that have a fixed price of £4 per charge. The one mm. closest to me is one of those legacy ones although it's been on free then for the last six weeks, so nobody's complaining. <laughs> I spoke about the charging and the fixed price charge. They recognise that it's not a sustainable model. Um, I spent quite a while talking with a gentleman by the name of Lewis Gardner, who's their senior project development manager, and he was very informative. Uh, one of the things that they're very happy to receive are suggestions for new charger locations, so I followed up on this by sending him a list of potential locations for new chargers along the A303 route between Andover and Devon. It's a bit sparse there, but I gave him a couple of potential locations that they're going to look into because it's a bit of a black spot when it comes to rapid chargers. There's quite a few slow chargers, but mm. if you want to do that uh, Andover to Devon bit, it's um, it can be a little bit... Mm, squeaky bum time <laughs> if you've got any suggestions tweet me at the real gary c and i'll forward them on to him he's looking for either pubs with a reasonable size car park or discrete locations such as retail parks where ingenie can approach either an individual or a company and get permission to add the two charges with ingenie the deal is they'll do it at no cost to the landlord they'll uh, deal with all the installation and servicing and they'll even do a profit share for the landlord down the line as I mentioned earlier, from a pricing model, they've worked out that 36p per kilowatt hour is ideal because it covers all their costs over time, obviously. I mean, the charges are quite expensive, but at 36 pence per kilowatt hour, that doesn't end up being too expensive for EV users. And we've discussed charging costs on uh, episode two of yeah. the podcast, if you want more detail around this. They're also, and this is what I found in interesting, they're also potentially considering a subscription style model as well. This would be a monthly charge alongside a reduced price per kilowatt hour. So it's the Polar Plus model. Now, nothing's set in yeah. stone for this, but once they've started to roll this out in a big way, it might be worth considering because they currently beat Polar into a cocked hat with their speed and availability because they're just as fast, if not faster, with some of the higher powered ones. And generally you get two charges per site, which in my experience with Polar is not necessarily the case. I, I think that's a that's a good point actually. Um, and now you know we both you know really like the polar kind of network. So this is not sort of bashing them, but I think that the one of the key things they've missed the opportunity in is that dual ultra charger locations. Now obviously we've seen you know charging hubs and things like that popping up and and stuff like that. But you know the 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 single locations where you've had like say a holiday in and somebody's been using it, if they have just that other one, it can reduce a lot of that. I also like, they're not the first kind of people to do this, but their model in terms of going in at no cost to the landlord to you know get, get this stuff in, because they want that uptake to do it, because it's obviously in their best interest. But that, I get a feeling these sort of companies, uh, same with I think Instavolt do, uh, do this, that 
they they're encouraging landlords to do that because they know look the future's coming why not invite that future into your door and you know make some money from them you know food and drinks or whatever it may be so it, it's a win-win i i like you i like the ingenie services i think they're really good reliable and you know it's quick and easy which is everything that we that we want about it really absolutely i mean you and i went to the kent ev meet down at the poppy fields pub near maidstone with their two ingenie chargers how much do you think mm. the meat spent in poppy fields there because we all went in and we all had food we yeah. all had drink yeah and there was good uh it was probably a good 20 plus of us wasn't there and ingenie and made some money because i think most of us wanted to give the ingenies a try as well well it's rude not to really isn't it <laughs> exactly exactly my second item really was uh, <laughs> electric scooters. You no. may be surprised to hear, yes. So as you know, I like to try things that can hurt me. Uh, mainly things that I, I, I try and fall off of, or hopefully not try and fall off. But I thought I'd give them a try, and I didn't fall off. Yay. You'll be surprised to hear. Yay! First time for everything. I tried both a micro scooter and a Razor. Both have a 15-mile range and uh, are pretty nippy, but... One was £800, uh, one was 400 Now, bear in mind, these were show prices as well, and they were selling them actually at the event. So it's a big difference in price. Um, so I thought I'd take them both out, give them a bit of a, a, a test drive and a spin. Never been on a scooter before, so I wanted to kind of see what they were like for me, but also what they're like for that last mile transport. They're both very lightweight, you know, kind of fold up, pick up, away you go. Uh, but I think, for me, the Razor was, I'd say, better. I mean, it, it's... It had the better price point, so that was the £400 scooter. For me, they didn't perform much differently. So for me, it probably would have come down to price. If they were both in front of me and I tried both of them, they were both quite similar in terms of weight and speed and charging and things like that. So, um, you know, it, it was a big difference in, in, in the cost for me for those. Both both stands were very good. They were both very knowledgeable, very uh, wanted to explain about everything and the charging and you know, what things were made out of and, you know, obviously opportunity for, for test driving. So that was really good. Um, it was a good opportunity for everyone. I, later on, uh, on the, I think it was the Saturday, absolutely loads of people queuing up to go on them. So I was quite lucky. I think I went on the Friday when it was really quiet before the main public had come in. What kind of got me thinking around this is that they're really good for last mile kind of devices. Now, when I mean last mile devices, I mean if you're bound for London for at perhaps and you might drive this to, to the station, you might get on the station with it, get on the other side and rather than taking the tube, you get on that and go to your office. Now there's loads of people, I try and ride an electric skateboard, um, I got friends that have the electric unicycles or scooters. They're good green alternatives. The biggest problem that we've got with these is the laws aren't modern and been brought up to date enough to accommodate these kind of type of devices. So, you know, where we want to ride them in cycle lanes and be responsible uh, for these and obviously you know have a greener alternative to ice cars and general traffic really the laws haven't caught up with that so there's some debate going on and i know there were some talks over the weekend of fully charged that were going into that through um a, guy, a chap called fees k who, who does the um the unicycle so he was actually talking at fully charged with uh bobby llewellyn and, and co so yeah it just kind of got me thinking you know it has got me thinking about purchasing one at some point just because it'll be a bit of fun it's not something that i i don't think i need to use because i you know I, I don't generally do those kind of kind of trips but i can see um seeing them being a lot of fun as long as they're used in the right responsible way excellent my next item is surprise surprise it's another charge provider bp charge master who on polar 
unveiled their new 150 kilowatt high-powered charger model. Uh, it was unveiled on the opening day. Yeah. Lovely looking thing, tall, elegant, slim, nicely branded. But trying to get specific information about it was a little bit like pulling teeth. Here's what I did find out. DC only, so if you drive a Zoe, you're out of luck. It will charge to a maximum of 150 kilowatts on CCS if your car can take it and a maximum of, I believe, 80 kilowatts on Chadamo if your car can take it. Now, in mm. terms of what I couldn't find out, where are they going to be installed? Well, two separate sources gave two separate answers. For one source, it was, <laughs> well, these are going to be in BP forecourts only. From another source, it was, well, they'll be installed next to the existing 50 kilowatt pole chargers. Okay. Price. Mm. Nobody was given any indication of how much these will cost to use. The similar Ionity high power chargers are running at a fixed price per charge at the moment of about £6, I believe. But nobody could give me any indication of whether BP Charge Master were looking to follow that, that model or whether they're going to charge per kilowatt hour. But if you look at the fact that BP Charge Master already charge a reasonably high cost for charging if you're on the Polar Instant, so, for example, on a 50 kilowatt, you're looking at about £7.24, 30 minutes of charging on Polar Instance. If you can get the Ionity high-powered ones for £6, that's going to create a problem, especially as the BP Charge Masters are only 150 maximum. It's going to be interesting to see where they end up there. Now, one source did say that for Polar Plus members, you would be able to use the VIN identification protocols. So you just plug the charger in, it will recognise the car and automatically debit your Polar Plus account. So that sounds like good news. But then I spoke to Tom Callow, who is the... I'm not entirely sure what, he, what his official title is, but he's the guy on Twitter who we always talk to if yeah. we want to find out about Polar or BP Charge Master. Now, he confirmed they are rolling out the 150 kilowatt chargers at BP Forecourts only. They're going to be putting two in at every location that they've got permission for. They are continuing the 50 kilowatt hour charger, sorry, the 50 kilowatt charger rollout in other locations, mainly so that the Zoe drivers are not left without AC charging. He also said that the VIN identification is something that if it does come out, it will be only available on CCS chargers. They are considering the technology, but it's not something they're looking at moving forward uh, at this exact moment in time. Now, this indicates that the chargers probably won't be available on the Polar Plus subscription, if that's the case, which would make sense if they're going for the fixed price per charge. But given what we've just said about Polar Instant, I'm interested to see where this is going. The one thing I did say to both Ingenie and BP Charge Master is if they're looking at installing anywhere, they need to add two charges minimum at each location. Redundancy is key. Now, obviously, there are grid issues in certain places when you're trying to harness that much power. And Ingenie has stated most of their charges will be doubled and BP variously said yes or no, depending on who I asked. So what do you think about the 150 uh, kilowatt charges? I suppose I was there just shortly after they'd um, they'd unveiled it. And like you, I kind of done some some snooping around through various people. But the, do you know the best source of information mm -hmm. I found? I was uh, I was upstairs getting a cup of coffee and something to eat at lunchtime, and Tom Callow was actually doing an interview right next to me with someone, and he had let it slip about the VIN details, which sound great. He didn't say they weren't progressing it, but I get a feeling that he was trying to be cautious uh, on on the interview. So 
I really like the idea of that, of just coming up, plugging in, it recognises and you, regardless of what car you have, it shouldn't just be CCS, it should be everything. And then and then away you go. You know, I presume similar to the way Tesla works, where, you know, you, you don't have to scan or swipe anything, it just recognises your car. Absolutely. So I, I think that's the way forward. I think they do need to put um, either two of these into every garage or one of these and a 50 or... 250s and one of these it, it can't just be one of these on its own i mean i must say the thing is an absolute beast considering it's it's 150 and not 350 these these things are about the same size as the ionities now whether they can be upgraded to 350 would be interesting this is exactly what we want we want it on four courts we want to go into any garage any location and, and find one that's kind of the the dream and i think it's a case of watch this space isn't it on on the subject of charging, how did you do charging on your way to Silverstone? Are you, I know you don't live that many miles away from it, but I'm guessing you hit the <laughs> uh, Milton Keynes hub, yeah? Yeah, I can I can go past there without doing the the hub. I mean, to be honest, I I'd actually been to the hub the night before just because I was uh, on business in that area. Went home, which is about twenty five miles from Milton Keynes, and then came back on Friday. So I by the time I got to Silverstone, I probably had about hundred miles. Uh, in the car, ninety five hundred miles, and um, I was actually um, I was uh, I was staying in Milton Keynes that night. So I live in a town about forty miles away, but actually Milton Keynes from Silverstone is about sixteen miles. So I had more than enough. So I was uh, to Milton Keynes, back again to the hotel, back again in the morning, and then on the way home, I did actually then use the Milton Keynes charging hub uh, to fill up for the the coming week. Was it busy? Do you know what? It wasn't initially, like always, you know, you turn up and there's no one there. But what was really good is that when I was coming back on the on the, uh, on the the Saturday, I think it was about half past four, all of a sudden people that obviously were coming back from the show as well started showing up. And actually a few people that I hadn't bumped into over the course of the last two days were at the hub. So we had a, sat there and had a really good chat for half an hour. We obviously eyed up all the ion chargers that um, are now, um, as of this... Uh, day of this podcast are now live and uh, yeah it was it was really good and it was the first time i'd seen that place busy <laughs> which uh, which was nice to see as you know every time i've been to the, the hub i've been the only person there so i was more <laughs> yeah. than thrilled when i turned up to find out that there was a leaf and the zoe already charging the zoe finished just as i arrived and pulled away and the guy from the leaf watched me park at one of the charges and i got out and he said i don't think that one's working so, you know, nine charges at the hub and I picked the one that's not working. So I tried <laughs> I tried the card. It worked. I plugged it in, started charging. We were both surprised. So we turned around and I got talking to the leaf owner and then thunk, the charger stopped. Translation error, it said. Hmm. So I moved to the next charger and it was fine. Thank goodness for multiple charges. Hey? But literally, as soon as I plugged in, the leaf driver headed off. He said, I'm going to fully charge live. I said, I'll see you there in a short while. And again, I'm sat there at the Milton Keynes tub by myself. It, it it does seem a regular occurrence, the amount of times that I've been there and there's literally no one there and it, and it really surprises me. But then I suppose with Milton Keynes, there is so many there. But I think for, for me, I don't go to other chargers generally if I'm on the motorway around that area because I know that is only like a minute away from, from the exit. Yeah. So it's so convenient um, being there. And I think I, I did hear that there currently looking to build a second one in Milton Keynes. Because obviously there aren't enough charges in Milton Keynes already. <laughs> exactly. It's insane. It's like, let somebody else have it. But, you know, if they've got the money and grants to do it, then, you know, why not? And that's our little mini bonus show for today. Hope you enjoyed listening to it. 
If you want to contact us, Simon is at the EV side on both Twitter and YouTube. And I'm the real Gary C on Twitter. If you want in a quick reference ebook to read on your Kindle, I wrote a little something called So You've Gone Electric. It's available on Amazon Worldwide for the measly sum of 99p or equivalent. And it's a great little introduction to living with an electric car. Links for everything we've talked about in the podcast today are in the description. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave a review as it makes us feel loved and helps us know we're not just shouting into the void here. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.